Hey folks, this is John from the future. And I wanted to say up front that this episode is going to get a little dark and it's going to deal with topics around suicide, uh, self-harm, and just depression uh, because the Iron Claw movie is very good and very serious and very dark. So uh, you're warned up front. And when we get to the meat of it, you'll be warned again. All right. Thanks. Enjoy the episode. Now, we all know Carrie's my favorite, then Kev, then David, then Mike. But the rankings can always change. All right, Anna. I have uh, slammed some HGH. I've popped like 16 <laughs> pain pills. And mm, I think the microphone got it. I don't know if you did. I'm having some alcohol. It's it's 1.40 in the afternoon, <laughs> but quite honestly, I can't think of a better way to get into yeah. the topic that we're having than doing just about every substance one could do at the exact same Jesus time. Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, I'm going to drink some tea and talk about <laughs> a film. <laughs> uh, hi, and welcome to Conditional Movies, I guess? No, 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 no. This is, this is a continuation of uh, the Red Squared Circle. Conditional Materials proudly presents the Red Squared Circle. Ready? Fight! The Red Squared Circle! That's right! Well, well, here's the thing. I don't think we can call it that if, like... Well, I guess we could call it that, even if Avery's not available for this. Um, I mean, it's uh, still, I guess we should talk about... This is, this is a movie about combat sports. So, well, true. So, um, we, John and I, last night, went and saw We went on a Claw. movie date. We went on a movie date, and then we got Korean fried chicken. Holy mm-hmm. shit, by the way. I don't think I really even talked about how good that fucking food was. That was crazy good. Look, you, you, you just revitalized. That, that was revitalizing food right there. That was, that was, like, we went through a, we went through the boss raid, and then, Went and got potions <laughs> and level leveled up. Got our armor smithed, and now now we're <laughs> feeling good. Um, so yeah, we saw the Iron Claw, and which is the newest. Uh, it's not a twenty four. Who fucking made that movie? Um, uh, a twenty four had some had, had some hand in it actually. I I I. I thought so, but hold on. It was distributed by A twenty four. It was distributed by, by Access Entertainment. Access, that's what it was. They, um, it's an incredible, uh, incredible film. Yes, and I'm going to call about... it a film and not a movie. So, um, the Iron Claw. Yeah, it's about um the Von Erich family. Now. The most cursed fan, like you know, I have yeah. never thought I would believe in a curse more than in this movie that is about real yeah. things that happen to real people. So, um, this movie is insane for a lot of reasons. Um, they, um, so I, I guess this is a a, a thing where like. Normally, when we, I mean, this is kind of the reverse of uh, the the Stalin movie we watched, yeah. where um, I'm the one who knows all of the historical significance, 
and John is the one who's just like, hey, this is neat. <laughs> also, uh, th- uh, we should say this is directed by Timothy Sean uh, Durkin, who basically mm. just did a bunch of, he's just a weird British guy, from what I can tell. He, he, he makes so British he, films. Yeah, he made a bunch of like British movies. Um, the only one that I know of is, I think, Simon Killer. Um, which was like fine. It's not amazing. Um, this is like this movie is crazy because it's like, um, okay. L- let's kind of talk. I, I want to talk a little bit about like the his historical significance of mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Like what what this is about. So um, uh, also in preparation for this, I don't know if John did this, but I, I did not, also I did not think re- to. Uh, I also rewatched the vice documentary series um dark side of the ring they have an episode on the von erics um and um with kevin von eric as like he's like the like through line of this because he's the only surviving member of the family um and there's some interesting things i while watching that that i remembered that i was like oh they cut that out of the movie that's interesting. Um, so I can kind of jump in while we're talking about this. Uh, so sure, historically, yeah. the Von the Eriks. Um, so when you think of pro wrestling today, a lot of people are immediately going to just be like, WWE. Like, that's the thing. Uh, uh, some people might even say AEW. Mm-hmm. Um, but not that long ago. Like, realistically, not that long ago. Uh, right. Wrestling, so wrestling has been a, a, God, I have to talk about the history of wrestling here. Wrestling as a sport entertainment. Wait a second, like, we, we, Anna, I need you to do your best, like, John Boyce impersonation for this. Yeah. I don't, fuck, what does John Boyce sound like? I don't watch John Boyce like you two do. Okay. Um, um, (laughs) Talking to Avery like they're there. Uh, (laughs) Like they're here. Um, Well, well, when I say you two, who else am I going to fucking talk about? It's you and Avery. Hold on. Let me get just... Five seconds of John Boyce. You just get like, let's see, it's that's not his voice. Here we go. Okay, so this is my John Boyce impression. <laughs> yeah, I, I just want you to be a little this bit more it. tired and a little bit more white. So back in the twenties, carnivals would travel around and they would have wrestling shows uh where they get two dudes one was a good guy one was a bad guy and they'd wrestle and this was back at the time where uh there's this thing called the curtain call that happens in the 90s and that's kind of the moment where like the public at large kind of becomes aware that wrestling is fake um but like, well, I mean, uh, not fake, not fake, predetermined. Well, so, um, but I mean, like, basically, since since somebody realized that watching two dudes fight was really fun, but also realized mm-hmm. if you could just make the fight fixed in a way that like is dramatically interesting, it would be cooler. Yeah. Uh, you may so you've created professional wrestling. Professional wrestling as a, like, entertainment is let's, like, let's get all of the, like, intrigue and spectacle of a sport Mm 
but with the storytelling and like characters of like Shakespeare essentially. Uh yeah, I mean and I hate to say it, but uh <laughs> South Park actually don't hate, doesn't don't really hate to see. I South, South Park, really South Park did a wrestling. fantastic wrestling fucking episode. wrestling episode. Genuinely, I, I like, I was. This is not a joke. I was literally trying to find an excuse to talk about this a couple weeks ago. Yeah, when we were talking about wrestling on the show, and um, that no. fucking the South Park episode where they do wrestling is genuinely like, like one of the best representations of pro wrestling that I've ever seen. Um. But regardless, yeah. So so when pe- when you talk about pro wrestling now, people see it as like there's WWE and maybe there's AEW. Some people might even say Impact or TNA. Um, but back in the twenties, wrestling was a sideshow for carnivals, and then it kind of offshot and did its own thing. And then there were the great wrestling territories. The entire map of the United States was broken up into different televised wrestling territories. Mm-hmm. And one of the first um, one of the first companies to do it and to do it the best was the NWA. Um, and specifically um, the show that the Von Erichs were doing. Fritz von Erich in the 50s and 60s was a was one of the most popular wrestlers in the world at the time. Uh, wrestling has always been big in America and Japan and and I guess Mexico too. Um, uh, yeah, me- I, like, and so they kind of travel. Yeah. The the thing is, um, we like there's there's this when we talk about wrestling as like wrestling fans. There's this world of, like, there's Mexico's Lucha, there's the American wrestling, and then there's Japan, and Japan's the thing. But, like, since wrestling has been a televised sport, wrestlers have been performing all over the planet. Like, they're literally all over the planet. There's a part of this story that I want to talk about later Mm -hmm. um, that um, they changed um, because they wanted it to be very Texas oriented because mm-hmm. it is a very American story. What happens here? It's like a great American tragedy almost. Um, but they changed some details that I, that are really interesting. Um, but this story is a global story. Sure. Um, yes. So, um, the, um, the Von Erichs, uh, their dad, Fritz, he's this, he is um to kind of give you an idea of what Fritz was as a person um he was a heel which means he was a bad guy in wrestling mm-hmm. and this is the 60 this is like the 50s and 60s and so what's the worst thing a heel could be well he's a fucking nazi he wears right. an iron cross on his cape and he does the iron claw which is this move where he you he had like really big hands and he would grab someone's forehead and just squeeze their temples and just squeeze and squeeze and um it worked and he got over and he was pretty big you know um, what uh, i i have to i have to stop in with a joke here uh that is the power of having giant yaoi hands <laughs> yeah <laughs> um then after he retires from wrestling he has um six kids 
And currently, right now, five of those six kids are dead. Oof. Dead before dead before Fritz. Um Oof. and that is the story of the Von Eriks. Um and they're uh, uh, as we talk about the movie, we'll talk about the details of each one and like what happens and how it's like hor- this like horrible shit that's going on. So, um first of all, we should talk about I guess the casting of this fucking thing. This is um, an all-star cast. This this is an all-star cast of character actors. I want to be really clear fucking... about this. Outside of yeah. Zac Efron and Jeremy Allen White, it's not like there are a ton of like super known. Yeah, so Jeremy Allen White is kind of like he's in this movie. He's in this movie because he's been getting that heat from uh from the bear and um Shameless. Like he he's 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 branching out into like his like he he he's he's gonna be big yeah like this is yeah this is he, him he's this is him this is him going from i mean he's won awards so like he's yeah he's going he, uh, this dude is going to be like the next i don't know if the next chalamet but like maybe the next like next cruise like this guy is going to become huge He's going to do like crazy shit. And Maybe I mean, the next Tom Hardy. And that, I mean, I think I, that's fun. yeah. And I mean, I, I think uh, again, just because I like like being that little gay twink from Shameless has really just uh, propelled him into yeah. stardom. He's not the gay twink from Shameless. Mm. Wait, he's not because that. Fuck. No, he's not the no because that's um the the ginger who oh, right, is in right, Star right, Wars. Right. He's the Star Wars one. The Star Wars one is the ginger. Uh, Shameless really did a lot of heavy lifting for a lot of people. <laughs> I, I mean, Will, um, like, here's the thing. William H. Macy descended from the heavens to give everybody else on that uh, on that show uh, a career. Yeah. For the most part. Um, so we've got um, Stanley Simons. He plays um, Mike Von Eric. Um he was in Angelfish, and um, he was in the movie Superior. He was in an, like an episode of SVU, um, and like this is his like one of his first like pretty big movies. Um, he he's been in some like kind of indie stuff and like this is like his first like like movie movie that he's done harris dickinson plays david von eric um he, oh, he was in is... triangle of sadness uh which yeah, i i enjoyed in... some people didn't but i enjoyed he was also in beach rats um and um beach rats is a crazy movie i don't know if you've ever seen it um, i haven't oh god he was in that horrible uh kingsman uh prequel the king's man yeah he was um He's like a weird. He like kind of looks like a a a, a, a um a, a Skarsgård almost. Um, yeah, he, like he's got Skarsgårdian energy. Yeah. Um. Then we have the mother who is played Doris, who is played by Maura Tier uh, Maura Tierney. Um. She's been like, look, she's been in a million things. Um. She she was in Liar Liar. She's been on ER as uh, as Abby for like she was on she was on ER for like ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, she's been in a bunch of shit, uh, and she's like got her chops. And then my 
probably the best casting this movie ever did was Holt McCallany as uh, Fritz von Erich. Holt McCallany, um, he was in. He, I mean, he was in Lights Out as um, like the, he was the main character in that in that show. Mm-hmm. He was in. He had like a bit character in Fight Club. He is one of the detectives in Mindhunter. Yeah. Um, and if you have, first of all, fucking watch Mindhunter. Incredible fucking show. It's really good. <sighs> it's really good. And I, you know us. We're fucking, <laughs> we're anti-cop and we think the FBI are the biggest cops. Yeah, but like, God. That is we, a, but but that is a show that I think isn't afraid to be like, yeah, no, I think, cop, I think cops suck. Yeah. Um, he's like, it's an incredible show. I should also say, uh, I know people who, um, I know people who, uh, worked on Mindhunter and like have, have met Halt and have mm-hmm. said that he's a lovely gentleman. <laughs> and so I think that's, I think that's interesting. Um, you know, he, he bring like, uh, Holt brings a lot of, um, he has like a very Woody Harrelson energy. Yeah. Uh, he, he's, he's got a vibe to him that's, like... I, I think mostly because he plays a really good southern dirtbag. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna send this into visual aids real quick for you. Um, this is Fritz. This is Fritz around the time of when these, when the movie (laughs) takes place. Yeah. Yeah. That dude looks like fucking Holt McCann. Yeah, no, he does. They they look the same. Also, standing next to him, um, I believe is Carrie. Jeez. Um, so, okay. So, an interesting thing about this movie, before we get into, like, the actual, like, like actual meat of the story, mm-hmm. um, the bodies in this movie. Zach Efron. Zach Efron, I think, went a little overboard. Pre... Um... Pre this movie, um, uh, Zac Efron looked huge. He was, like, gigantic. I mean, Zac Efron um, has always, like, for a long time has been big hot guy. Yeah. Looking at pictures of these dudes, um, it's not that far off, um, Zac Efron looks insane in this movie and looks nothing like Kevin did. Um, he looks more like Carrie did. Uh, but Carrie... Um, but th- that's because Carrie looked like a fucking like, insane superhuman. Mm-hmm. But like, so like, Jeremy Allen White bulked up for this and he looks pretty good. Yeah. Um yeah. like he, oh, he's got what? like he's got the kind of physique I would expect a wrestler to have. Anna, I really think we should say that mm-hmm. this movie is pure 120% American beefcake. Yeah, no, this is a movie about like as much it is, as much as it is about like tragedy, it is also about like American Excellence. The the eroticism like, of the Amer- of the American muscle man. Yes, the eroticism of like uh, of like the American physique. Because um, like so there speak. is literally a point in the beginning of this movie where there's just a shot of one of them in the shower jerking it. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, you're just like, all right, this this is just in here because it's like these men are so fucking hot. These man boys yeah. are so hot. Yeah. Um. So. Um, an interesting thing about this movie that I, I like, let's just talk about it. Um, yeah. mm -hmm. so this movie follows the, follows these boys as they make their way through like pro wrestling and try to figure it out. Really. It's about Kevin who is played by Zac Efron and he is, um, at the time of the events of this movie, he is the oldest of his four brothers. Um, or the oldest of his three brothers, I should say. Uh, the oldest he, living. The oldest living brother. Brothers. He's the oldest living out of five brothers. Um, and Which tells you, you something notice, tragic has already happened. <laughs> so, um, I was going to say, you'll also notice that... Um, uh, when I was talking about the Von Erich family, like, history, I said there were six. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, Kevin is the oldest living brother. Then it is Carrie, uh, David, and Mike. Carrie is uh, uh, Anna, an Olympic I'm gonna, athlete. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually put in the, uh, we, we all know which one's my favorite. Uh, line right yeah. here yeah, 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 yeah. well he, but i i wanted to do it in order of age <laughs> okay, okay all, right, all right all right do it in order of age fine 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 i'll um, put that somewhere else so uh to kind of uh we could go through like this this is a this movie is a character study of kevin mm -hmm. um where just going through like his father is like the thing about fritz is that he is He's a man's man, and he believes, like, you know, he believes that, like, he, very Protestant of, like, you work your ass off until you get yours, and everyone's out to get you, like, you gotta, you gotta just work your ass off and just be better, be excellent, always. Yeah, his, his kind um, of, like, driving ethos is just sort of, like, uh, don't complain, get up. Beat the shit out of the other guy. Yeah. Have a beer at the end but, of the day. But he's always quick to uh, compliment his sons when they do good. He is. Even if, in, in his own way, he does love them. Like, he, he does lo love them. Even, even when he's, like, even when, like... Um, we'll talk about this a little bit more, yeah. but, like, when, when David overtakes mm -hmm. Kevin... Um, and David goes to get that NWA run. Mm -hmm. Um, he uh, he he's like, hey, David, you're I love you. I'm proud of you. You're gonna get that title. Well, your, he, your brother, he, your brother. He he then immediately steps over to the two of them and says, "This would not have been possible without you two. Mm -hmm. Keep up the work because you're next. You're next up to bat." And like even even though he's already said and done enough to like 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 make his sons feel like shit, he's still in there being like, listen, like it's not over. This isn't the end all be all. You're well, right, and I, I think he's he's very this. he's very you know quick to say 
The ra- like what when he says the rankings could change at any moment. Um I think that's him That's true. Tr- that's true. That's him trying to be like, "Hey, look, uh there's no there's a favorite son, obviously. Obviously I'm going to have a favorite son, but you know, you are all potential. Your potential towards greatness is there. Except for well, Mikey, but Well, know. okay. So, um so Kerry is the Olympian. He is at uh University of Texas um training to be like shot Disc- put. Yeah, yeah. Discus like he's 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 an Olympian. He's track and field um, star. He's 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 yeah. track and field star. Kevin is at the start at the beginning of this movie, this is where they are. So Kerry is the Olympian. Kevin is the NWA Texas champion. Um David is um he's basically uh, getting like, ready to de- debut about yeah he's about to like debut as a wrestler and um Mike is he's about he's like 17 18 19 like around there and he mm-hmm. is he is uh, a musician and he is an aspiring musician I should say he's got a little band and they play um like kind of soft rock. Um, And he's a sensitive boy. He's a good sensitive boy. They, we meet, um, we meet Kevin's, Kevin's to be wife, Pam, uh, after a show where, you know, Kevin and Pam, you know, meet, they start dating and she asks him, we, we meet someone Uh, outside of the the darling family. By the way, yes, by Lily James, incredible in this movie. Um, she has uh, several moments in this that I like, that are like fucking amazing. Um, she she plays she plays with passion and pain in a great way. Yeah, she's one like she, ha- she my one of my favorite moments in the movie is the scene with the mom later on, like mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. like an incredible scene, like genuinely. Um. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> I, I want to talk in order. I want to at least talk a little bit in order. Yeah. So, um, they, you know, Kevin, you, she's the first person that we meet outside of the Von Erich family. And Kevin is like, he's not dumb, but. No, but she like basically the- leads him around by the nose. <laughs> She's basically like, what the fuck are you, like, why are you like this? And he's like, I've never, like, done anything but this. Like, what I know. What I know is, I mean, they don't, they, this is not, like, mm-hmm. this is all subtext. Like, they don't actually say this. But, like, it, you you see, you realize, like, he, all he's ever known is this life where they live on this ranch with, like, his, like, with his his family. He's a he's a sweet corn-fed farm boy and what I like what I said yeah. to you uh when this happened is he is the synthesis. He is the Chad and the virgin. <laughs> the Chad and the virgin. Uh yeah, incredible. Um ow. That's what it was. It was WCCW. Mm-hmm. Is the um is the promotion that they they did. So in real life, this is the like first promotion to like really like they put a mic in the ring they mm-hmm. had cameras like uh, like right up against you know right up against the wrestlers this is something that was like wasn't done 
before. Um, they 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 in... make a small allusion to it. Um, yes, they they talk about how like ESPN wanted to pick them up, um, and that really happened. Mm-hmm. Um, TV wrestling was a thing, but not to this level. And like now, this is how all wrestling is shot. Is the way they shot these. Um, another thing that they're cutting out of this movie is Chris. Chris Von Eric is um uh is the sixth brother. Um they don't they cut him out of the movie uh and the way they work around it is really interesting. Um because he ironically they use parts of his story in both Carrie and Mike. Mm. which is interesting. Um, I know why they cut him out because his story would just be Mike's again. Mm-hmm. Um, but they use some of his, they use some of his story um, for both of them. Anywho. Um, the, basically what happens is we go one by one of the tragedies. David, uh, uh, Kevin is like, he's the like darling wrestler. He is the Texas champion. He's getting his title shot and he blows it. Yeah. So, so David gets his shot and right before he's about to go to Japan to like fight Ric Flair across the planet for the, uh, for the belt, um, Kevin gets married and we find David in the bathroom throwing up blood into a toilet. And and Carrie's like, "Hey, maybe you should go to a doctor." And David's like, "No, I can't miss these shows. I can't do this thing." In real life, um in real life, this was a conversation they had as a family. Mm-hmm. Um and Fritz was like, listen, you're just throwing up. It's not that big a deal. Because uh, I don't think he had been throwing up blood. Mm-hmm. Um, David goes to Japan and dies of a ruptured intestine. He had, uh, in real life, it was in, uh, in intestine encephalitis or something. I can't mm-hmm. remember what the word was. Um um, but because it was wrestling and it was the, it was, you know, it was the late seventies, early eighties. He, you know, people assumed drugs, people assumed the worst and that would not come until later. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, and David's death is the roughest one, I think, because it was not, um, it was sudden. Mm-hmm. It was, we talked about this last night about how they, how this movie tackles death. They frame, like, the movie is framed around death and yet we never see death. Yeah. We, we see, see the outcome we of see, death. We, we, see, we see the aftermath, but we don't actually see we the event. We see, well, we see the lead up. Mm-hmm. The death is gone, and then we see the aftermath of the death. Mm-hmm. We see David throwing up blood in the bathroom. 
We see them enjoying the rest of the wedding, and then it cuts. Kevin is driving to the ranch. And as he gets into the house, he says, Dad, what's going on? David's dead. Yeah. Ruptured intestine. And I think maybe the um, most heartbreaking moment of that is him getting the, the postcard. Yes. So uh, the day of the funeral, they are about to leave. And Kevin is sitting on the steps. And there's this really beautiful moment. Um, so uh, <laughs> John and I were talking about this. There is one problem we have with the movie, both mm-hmm. of us, which is that um, unfortunately, Zac Efron got, I shouldn't say unfortunately, <clears throat> Zac Efron got a bunch of work done on his face. Yeah. He has a, like lip fillers and like a bunch of Botox and like a facelift um, and like whatever, who cares? Um, it's it, like, here, the, here's the thing. We don't judge him for that. We judge him for the fact that it prevented him from having very strong emotions during most of this film. Yeah. Um, he like barely emotes through this movie. Um, like his cheeks least, are basically made out of visibly. stone. Yeah. At least visibly. Yes. There are points, there are points around the end of this movie where like you see the way he like smiles and frowns and you realize, you realize like, okay, maybe he has, maybe he can emote, but it's just the way his face is shaped that like, whatever. He was like a little stiff and swollen. Yeah. Um, but there's this moment where, um, um, Doris Dot is staring in the mirror after um, after David's death, you know, getting ready for the funeral, and she's um oh, okay. So, so the scene is the scene starts with Fritz walking out of the house, looking at Carrie and Mike. The, boy, the, the boys are wearing sunglasses. They're wearing sunglasses and they're hanging out on the front porch. And he says, "Take those sunglasses off." You're not hiding, and I you're I don't want to see any crying. And then it cuts to Doris as she is standing in front of the mirror, preparing herself, and she does this thing with her face, where she like like purses her lips and like like stretches her face in a way. And she has also had some work done, not nearly to the degree that Zac Efron has, mm-hmm. but they both have the same like lips. Mm-hmm. And so it cuts from her doing that to Kevin, and he is kind of making the same face, trying not to cry. And he looks up at the mail, and he pulls out a postcard from Japan. He flips it over, and it's David. And it says, like, basically, um, you know, people keep thinking I'm you, and I'm... I miss you so much. I'll probably be home by the time you get this. So this is just silly. But I just wanted to tell you how much I appreciate you. And you're going to have to come over to Japan with me next time. Um, in real life, this funeral is a, like, a statewide event. The Von Eriks were huge at this point. And when David died, they let out the schools early. I mean, you, you, they, they, it's hard to get that, but you do see it a little bit because like on, see the, on the road yeah. to the cemetery, it is just packed. It is like tour de France packed with people. Yeah. There are so many people. Um, 
that's and that's the crazy thing like that's the thing that like nobody talks about when we're talking about pro wrestling is like we talk about pro wrestling now in the sense that like yeah i mean like it's big like whatever these people are were and are worldwide famous they were celebrities girls would go to the mall to meet the Von Erichs so that they would sign like p- pictures. Like, I, I think the way I think the way to think about this is, you know how there are just like MMOs or video games that have like millions of daily active users, but you because it's not the game that you play, don't think or notice it. This is what the yeah. like. This is that MMO. This is that video game that has millions of people who are constantly well, like playing and thinking about it except it's just wrestling see, the thing but the thing is that like wrestling was mainstream mm-hmm. wrestling was mainstream it was huge my dad knows who jimmy superfly Snook- snooker is like mm-hmm. you know my like my my dad knows who stone cold steve austin is these rick flair like these are like these are like celebrities and it's like there's this uh in the vice documentary in the dark side of the ring episode about this they talk about how like a lot of older people really like the von erics because they saw them as like their own kids Mm -hmm. and when david died uh kevin in his interview talks about how like texas wept like it's kind of like this really beautiful beautiful thing to talk about Mm-hmm. Um, so David, um, David's gone, um, in the movie, uh, th- and this is kind of where the movie stops following the timeline of the events in real life, like perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, it already didn't, but like this is where it like really kind of like okay they're adding a lot of stuff for dramatic effect mm-hmm. uh, but it works beautifully um the day of the funeral the funeral is over fritz is sitting there with his sons and says all right david's title shot is gone but one of you can step up and take it and kevin's like i'll do it i'm the oldest and Carrie says, no, I'm going to do it. And it's interesting. There's this moment that I love where Carrie is sitting there like, "I this is my time. This is my shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carrie uh, was basically, he was going, he was on track to be an Olympic athlete, but um, Russia invaded Afghanistan. And so uh, the yeah, no, there's, there's a moment where basically 9-11 happens. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we literally we literally turn to look at each other and John just goes, Hey, go about this dog. <laughs> like the blowback theme just starts playing in my brain. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um Afghanistan happens and so the Olympics were fucking cancelled. Cause Jimmy um, Carter's too much of a pussy. So Carrie is has been on the road. And so it was the Von Erics. It was Kevin, David, and Carrie. And now David's gone. And so Carrie is like, I want to do it. 
Kevin's like, you don't have to. And that's the moment that I think is so interesting is you don't have to, but Carrie is like determined to get it and get it right. And a part that they, um, they, uh, focus on in the movie is that Kevin is, he's an athlete in the ring. No one can, no one is better than him. Yeah. Like Kevin is an indomitable force. He's, he literally, he's wearing, uh, he's wearing a Speedo and nothing else. He doesn't even wear shoes in the ring. He's an athlete of athleticism. Um, but on the mic, he can't talk. David could talk and, you know, Carrie does like, well, it's I, never I think, I think they, I think said, they sell like, Carrie, Carrie they, by being Jeremy Allen White. And you're like, oh, because he's Jeremy Allen White. He's just yeah, naturally charismatic. He's, he's pretty, he's charismatic. And every time he does something, like the world listens. Well, also in in on Wikipedia, the picture they have for Carrie, he just looks like buff Luke Skywalker. Yeah, no, he's huge. He like he looks like Conan the fucking barbarian. Um, Carrie was the biggest out of all of them. He was the muscle. He was insane. Um, but I but think yeah, they so, sell uh, it by. Jeremy Allen White just being like, uh, because but his face has the full range of emotions, he's able to sell his energy better. They, um, they flip, flip a coin. They flip a coin, basically. And Carrie wins. And now he's on a title run. Um, he gets the NWA title from Ric Flair. And. That night, he goes. Uh, he goes riding on his motorcycle, and the next scene we see is him getting out of bed with a bunch of like cuts along his back, and then it's probably one of the best shots in the movie. Yeah, he's on crutches, like hobbling into the kitchen, and his right foot is gone. Um. Like if if I hadn't been sitting there with you because you were so worried about what was going to happen, I would yeah. have just been like, uh, well, at first I thought he was just gonna die in the motorcycle accident. Yeah. yeah. No, that's the thing. That's the thing that like the way they framed this, you're like, oh, he's dead. And then he gets up and you're like, what the fuck? And I knew I knew everything about this story. I know mm. the the history of this of these boys and like what happened to them and how like everything. So going into this, I saw when he bought the motorcycle. I was like, "Oh, fuck." Cuz they show him buying it in the movie. Yeah, <laughs> like show- fucking Chekhov's gun. <clears throat> there so are in, multiple in- Chekhov's guns in this movie. There's so I mean, many Chekhov's guns. There's a literal Chekhov gun. Yeah. Um uh and that happened in real life, by the way. We'll get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um in in real life, um, I don't think it was after he won the title. I don't know if they ever won the title, or if they did, it wasn't as like a big a deal as they frame it in the movie, mm-hmm. where Fritz is like obsessed with getting that title in the house, mm-hmm. um, and they finally get it, and then the day they get it is when Carrie loses his leg. In real life, um, Carrie crashed the motorcycle into the back of a cop car. And they had to amputate it. 
some uh, someone said that it looked like um it had been um it, it looked like it had been like ripped off by an alligator and Oof. Carrie like didn't even before he left the hospital made everyone in the family promise this is a secret no one is allowed to know this um because he was ashamed of it mm-hmm. um he he kind of went into hiding for a little bit eventually he got a prosthetic and we'll see in the movie he gets a prosthetic mm-hmm. um next is mike um god this is the most th- this is honestly yeah, just yeah. the most heartbreaking of all of it so <sighs> hey so, this gets dark this gets really dark this, uh if you want to skip these, ahead you can this, these next couple really these next dark. couple these next couple are really dark yeah um and frankly we should have done this at the top um, I'll, I'll put something this, at the top. I'll, i will put something yeah, at the top yeah some this is your final warning of like hey here's content warnings we're gonna talk about some suicide stuff we're gonna yeah. talk about um some like mental health stuff and it's like it gets serious here so um there's a <laughs> well i should start with something a little funny which is that uh they for five seconds show a clip of kevin wrestling with um uh lance lance von eric yes the who fake is von played eric. by who's played by mjf yeah basically because they because this is real this really happened because the Von Eric children were dropping like fucking flies, Fritz brought in a wrestler to WCCW named Lance Von Eric, changed his name, and everyone knew he wasn't a real Von Eric. Uh, everyone knew he was fake, um, and it it like trashed the reputation. It was like a whole thing, um, because the the three boys kevin carrie david they worked as a team and then yeah. each one individually could have been like superstar status of like how insane like the shit they did was um so hey, actually can we before we before we go into, I, I just want to say one really cool part about the production looking at um the thing is that uh, the cast did full-length one-take wrestling matches in front of live audiences for all of the bits. Yes. Um, oh, and I should say, uh, Chavo Guerrero Jr. is the, like, wrestling coach mm-hmm. for this movie. He is also, he plays uh, the Sheik in this. Um, this is before he was called the Iron Sheik. He was just called the Sheik back then. Mm-hmm. Um, but I thought that was kind of cool. Um, that we got Chavo in the movie because he's and I mean I, I want to say the wrestling personally does the look Guerrero's really good. it looks great. Um, there's a lot of great interviews with him. Uh, where he talks about like he talks about how, like working with them and like like really putting them through the paces of like jump mm. as high as you can because that's the only way I'm gonna be able to catch you. <laughs> <laughs> um, they um. God, sorry, I just had to look up Harley Race because the guy that got to play him looks just like him. <laughs> um, 
they um oh sorry someone just closed the door up here mm-hmm. um um what was i i was what were we fucking where were we <laughs> i forgot where we were uh, oh so lance lance von eric yeah. they um they show for a quick second in real life lance von eric was like they hired this guy to like be a von eric uh, and nobody in the family wanted it. Nobody wanted it because, like, it was embarrassing. Everyone knew that they were lying. Like, it wasn't, it was bad. Um. So, Mike. The thing with Mike is that he was not a bodybuilder. He was a... He was a little bit scrawny. He was pretty tall. Um, but he was a really scrawny kid and, um, in the movie, Hey Anna, he, yes. I'm sorry. I, I hate to, I hate to do this to you, but, um, I just want, I, one last thing. The, uh, the ring announcer, uh, yes. who they had is Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Oh, I know. I know. Mm-hmm. It's Scott Ines. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, sorry. Scott Ines, ADHD the, the voice of Scooby-Doo, and um, he's also the voice of, like, Shaggy in a couple things. He's uh, he's in a bunch of shit. Scott Ines is in a ton of shit. He's, like, a weird, like, voice actor who does just, like, a, like, he's a worker. Uh, Scott, Anyways, uh, sorry. I you're, Yes, yes. Scott Ines is crazy. Anyway. Um, so, Mike tries you know he's training at the beginning of the movie like one of the opening scenes is fritz talking about mike you gotta learn you know you gotta figure out what it is you want to do and kevin throughout the movie uh, like once like one time during the movie he's like hey mom dad's too hard on mike like he's gonna push him too hard and and she's like y'all boys gotta figure that out yourself i'm not i'm not here to help you yeah. I'm not here to be your mom. Mike, I'm here to, to feed you. During a match, Mike uh, dislocates he, his shoulder. Yeah, he takes a bad and, fall on doing a, a drop kick. And they have to put him into a... They have to get, get him some emergency surgery. And during the surgery, he hits a fever of like 107 for three hours and gets put into a coma. In real life... This is one of the things that they changed that kind of changed for the better because it works better within the pacing of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, in real life, and this is the thing I wanted to talk about uh, for like how global these guys were, mm-hmm. he he dislocated his shoulder in Tel Aviv. Oh, Jesus Christ. Oh, also, yeah. um, I just want to say this. Uh, looking at the real Mike Von Erich, um, yeah. he's, Ron, he's buff Ron Weasley. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I genuinely, this is not a joke. If you have not, if you've seen them, if you haven't seen the movie, watch the movie. If you have seen the movie and you haven't, like, it's what I'm gonna do right at, after this. Looked at these dudes. If you haven't, like, looked at pictures of these dudes, fucking do because these guys, like. You look at Mike and you think like scrawny. What are you talking about? And then you see him next to Carrie, and you're like, 
Oh my god. Yeah, no. He like like Mike Holy looks like a twig shit. boy next to Carrie. Right. Right. Like and then you see like Lance. And Lance just it looks like a completely different dude. You look at Kevin and he's like shredded to shit. Carrie looks like a fucking monster. And then and then Mike like just looks small by comparison. Mike so, looks like a normal um, guy. So yeah, that so in Tel Aviv, he has the emergency surgery. Uh, at, at at an Israeli, an Israeli hospital, gets rushed home, and then at home, he has the fever. He gets th- put back into the. He gets he goes to Denton Hospital, I guess, mm-hmm. and that's where he gets put into the coma. Yeah. Um. During this time, um in the movie is when Carrie starts like putting on his prosthetic foot and Mm -hmm. is like trying to learn to walk with it and trying to learn to work with it. And there's a great scene where they're in the ring in the backyard and Kevin is training with Carrie and Jeremy Allen White is incredible because you see Throughout the movie, you've kind of seen, like, inklings of his, like, drug problems. Mm-hmm. Um, he does a keg stand where he's doing, like, push-ups. And he snorts a bunch of coke off of a plate in a bar. Um, and here you see him, like, he's clearly on painkillers. Mm-hmm. Because he's, you know, after an accident like that, you go on painkillers. He, um... You know, he's, like, in the ring. He can't walk without it hurting. He's in the ring, and he can't work without it hurting. And every time he hits the mat on his knees, he screams and just smashes his fist into the mat. Um, It's it's incredible. It's fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy Allen White is the greatest actor of our time. <laughs> he's, like, here's the thing. Everybody is so good in this movie. Like, yes. Everybody is there so good. The, the the portrayal of tragedy and pain that is going on here, like, yeah. there is so much fucking work. There are no bad performances in this movie. There is not a single weak performance. Everyone in this movie performs, like, amazingly. Which uh, I, like, have, which, which goes yeah. to show how much we liked what Zac Efron was doing, even though our biggest complaint is that Zac Efron's face doesn't move during this movie. Yeah. Um, Lily James, we haven't really talked about her a ton. She, uh, kind of carries a lot of the emotional weight for Zac Efron in this, um, because they're married. That's his wife. And he's not coming home and he's not talking to her. And so every time we see her for this, like for this, for like, like this middle part of the movie, it's her being like, Hey, what the fuck is going on? And I mean, but um, the thing is that she's like doing it with this like poise and energy that is just sort of like, I know this is really rough for you. I get it. Yeah. But I also you need to hold your child. God damn it. I can't do but this also, alone. But also you need to hold your child. And that's another great moment where she tries to hand him the baby and he goes, I don't want him to catch it. Um, because quite honestly, the, the, cur- like I have never, the Von they, Eric, they talk about the, the Von curse, Eric but curse. the Von Eric curse is yeah. the most real thing I've ever heard. Kevin in real life does not believe in the curse. Um, but Kevin in the movie very much does. Um, 
I, well, the way the movie, the way the movie is, like quite yeah. honestly, it, it yeah. feels like it. Yeah. Um. So, Mike gets out of his coma, and I thought they played this up in the movie. He does a press release. They do a yeah. press conference, like mm-hmm. as he's getting out of the hospital. They did not play this up um, as much as I thought they did. Um, he's slurring his words. He's kind of out of it. He's, he's yeah, like his gone. reactions are In very fact, slow. His ability to here's the thing to piece together words thing. is difficult. They cut out a ton of Mike's story from this movie. Um, that makes sense. They cut, they kind of mixed Mike and Chris together, and we'll get to Chris in a little mm-hmm. bit. Mike Von Eric, um, so once he gets out of the hospital in the movie, he's just kind of like, <sighs> he's like kind of infirm. Yeah. Like it's implied that they kind of have to like do things for him. There's like a scene of him eating rice with a fork, and like the room is silent. Mm hmm. Um, and then there's a scene later where like his mom makes him a sandwich and he just kind of sits there and is like, not clearly not all the way there. Yeah. So in real life, um, Mike definitely got some, uh, I mean, brain damage. Like, okay. To be clear, having a 107 degree fever will boil your brain. Yeah. Yeah. No, he had some pretty bad brain damage. Um, Kevin in the Dark Side of the Ring documentary talks about how he um he had these outbursts where he would like attack parked cars or like punch walls and uh, yeah the the thing like, that I he was... basically he essentially had like a sort of early onset dementia uh, and he tried to get back into the ring and couldn't um it also seems like he had some head injury like apparently he was in like a car accident in 86 that gave him like a serious head injury so this is also probably Um, like between boiling your brain and getting some level of cte this is what's going to happen so uh, in the movie mike basically after having this um conversation with his mother about how he's not david and everyone Mm. wants him to be david he goes into the he goes into the bathroom takes a bunch of pills grabs a sleeping bag and just walks into the field while carrie and kevin are trying to get carrie into shape for you know to wrestle again Mm -hmm. and the shot where they find him is them like like it's just the family walking into the field and they find him and they all run over and it's this very wide far away shot you yeah. never see the death in this movie and i think that's mm-hmm. really important yeah. um in real life um mike was arrested he was he was arrested for drunk driving and possession of marijuana and the day he was the day before he was set to be um charged mm-hmm. he um 
he he did it. Yeah. He um, took some pills, drove out into the middle of the woods. Uh, there was a search party for three days mm-hmm. before they found him. Um, and fuck Jim Cornette. I want to be clear. Fuck Jim Cornette. He's a giant piece of shit. But he had a very um, poignant moment, which was, I love wrestling. I'm I live pro wrestling, but it's not that important. Um, and, and that's like, yeah. So in the movie, we kind of cut ahead to yeah. Kevin is an adult is a little bit older. His kids are growing up now. Uh, his kids are like five and six or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Carrie is in the WWE. Um, and I want to take this time to talk about Chris Von Erich because mm-hmm. he is fully cut out of the movie. And his story is like the most tragic out of all of them. Um, Chris was the smallest. He had some serious health problems. Uh, he had pretty bad asthma. Um, and he was the shortest out of all the Von Erich brothers. He, um... Jeez, five foot five? Really was. Yeah. Every, other, yeah. every one of the other Von Erichs is like 6'2". 6'2", 6'3". Yeah, they're huge. They're giant dudes. They're like my size. They're, they're like bigger than so, me with actual muscles. Right. So... Chris, um, uh, he, um, he was 175 pounds. Like, that's tiny. Yeah. Basically, um, he had, like, and he had bird bones. He had, yeah, he had, uh, he had brittle bones from the asthma medication he was taking. He, um, he, like he was taking, yeah, he was taking, uh, he was taking prednisone. Yeah. And. Which, like, prevents you from fully developing, like. Yeah. You, you're, but you're, like, when I say bird bones, like, it does hollow out your bones a bit. He, um, after Mike dies he goes into a deep depression he can't really make a like he can't like he can't work he can't do it and kevin tells the story about how um he had lent chris or or chris had lent him a vcr Mm -hmm. and he was like i want my he calls him in the middle of the night I want my VCR back. And Kevin says, um, okay, I'll, you know, I'll get, give it to you in the morning. We can just wait. And, oh, and that was the thing. He had, he had broken his arm in the ring and he couldn't wrestle. And he was like, clearly not doing well. And he, They, he hears, he hears Chris like riding his like ATV around his house 
and there's like this hill in the area that he knew that Chris would go to. He goes to that hill and he says, hey man, what's going on? And Chris says, I want to fucking end my life. I want to kill myself. And Kevin like basically sits down with him and has this conversation of like, don't do it. You know, we all love you. And Chris is like, I won't, I promise. And then Kevin goes back to the ranch and says, hey, um, does Chris ever write suicide letters? And Fritz is like, go back. And literally, they, they, he, like Kevin says, like literally minutes, it had to have been like a minute before I got there. Mm -hmm. He put the gun in his mouth and pulled the trigger. And it's, yeah, he, he, uh, die, you know, he dies at the hospital and, um, they find Valium and cocaine and they, the, the note that they found was like really short and like really like it was rough. Yeah. And they kind of cut him out of the movie. Um, I think it's, just, they, I, I think it's just hard. There's, it's hard to do. I, I'm, I'm not, like mad at no 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 like, like I, I think this is just one of those things it's, where it's, it's like one of it's... those things they they put him uh chris mike and carrie chris gets split apart between mike and carrie in this yeah um because with the shoulder and the mm -hmm. leg that's the broken arm yeah and with the suicide spoiler that's yeah. That's both Carrie. Mike and Carrie. Yeah. That's both Mike and Carrie. So in the movie, we get back to, um, you know, it's a couple years later. Uh, Kevin is, um, he's struggling. Kevin he, he's, he's struggling at, he's to run str the, he's struggling. He's running the, the, the sportatorium, which we <laughs> haven't talked about. Yeah, yet. God, the sportatorium is the best fucking Texan name I've ever heard. Yeah. It's like a sports so, auditorium. Sportatorium. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay, guys. W WCCW was run out of essentially a big barn. It was like mm -hmm. a big bingo hall. Um, and um, they, um, Fritz gives Kevin the building gives him the company and says, listen, man, here, here you go. Carries off in the WWF. Um, Kevin is, you know, raising his kids. He's thinking about his family. He's always been family oriented in the documentary. He says, I was always family oriented. And mm -hmm. I think that's what saved me. Um, Cause everyone else was so obsessed with wrestling and obsessed yeah. with, you know, being the best and, everyone did drugs and kevin uh was like kevin wanted a good life for his kids uh, and you see that in the movie there's yeah. a there's a scene where they change his oldest they change his last name from von eric to uh adkison mm -hmm. which is their birth name uh because he doesn't want the von eric curse to mm -hmm. be passed on to his kid um and 
Fritz is like fully abusive at this point. Like he kind of hates David because David kind of just gave up and doesn't wrestle much anymore. And Fritz, like they're watching Carrie wrestle on TV and he's like, look at your, come on boys, look at your uncle wrestle. That's it. That's a winner. Not like your dad, you know, he doesn't say that specifically, but he, he essentially says that. Um, and it's like heart wrenching because this whole movie you watch Kevin, like how much all of this shit means to him. Like, just, put, and like, here's the thing: Kevin puts his whole ass in everything. All he does is love his brothers and love his family, and his dad is constantly telling him how like not good enough he is, and it's really, it's really, really sad. It's sad, yeah. It's 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 sad. It's tragic. Yeah. Uh, and then we kind of jump forward to Christmas. Yeah, Carrie comes home for Christmas with some random woman. And he is very clearly, like, high. Very clearly high on, like, probably cocaine. Um, in the in the documentary, Kevin is like, yeah, you could tell. He was, like, he had drug problems. Um, and Carrie gives his dad a 25th anniversary Smith & Wesson revolver. And then gets into an argument with him immediately about like them not shooting it as soon as he gets. You have it. to shoot. You have to shoot a gun. And he's like, "It's the middle of the night. It's Christmas dinner. What are you doing?" Um, in uh, I like this scene a lot because just that one interaction is like he bought his dad a gun, and then he's mad that his dad's not shooting it. He's mm-hmm. very clearly on cocaine. Like he's very agitated. Very like very high energy high stakes everything is insane and, and has just like someone, brought a and i you know a, brought a floozy someone, home he, he just brought a floozy yes. home. he brought bought some like random woman home and she see like like she's very like, sweet we, she's very sweet we, i want to be very clear we say, we say floozy literally the next scene is him being like ah she didn't mean anything to me like that that's what we mean like he mm-hmm. clearly did he clearly bought this girl brought this girl with him because she was there. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is, I, I feel like this is a very, you're on, you're on something. It's like, hey, let's just, look, look, we're going to go to my parents' house. Yeah. And she's like, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Right. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Okay. 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 Right. Um, so they, um, carry. So in real life, the gun was a Father's Day present. And I think that that is worse. Oh God! <laughs> I, I, I think I think that's just like yeah. I think that's too much. I think that is literally too yeah. much. It's like, but it, I mean, like, but come on, like Jesus! It is so on that's, the nose, though. Um, yeah, y'all can guess what's gonna happen with that gun. Uh, Carrie, um, Carrie calls Kevin one night and is like. They're taking me off the house shows, or they're taking me off of, off of TV. They want me on house shows, um, which, if for those who don't know, house shows are where, like, wrestlers essentially go to die, um, because you're not on TV anymore. 
mm-hmm. the you are the filler for the audience who is just like waiting to see like the title rain yeah. or like a it's, feud that's been going on for like a year. It, it, it's the, it's the like filler. You're, if if you're first on the card, that's basically people are just like showing up and just sort of like yeah eating popcorn uh, waiting for the real thing to happen. Well, actually, first on the card is usually good. Mid card well, is oh no. What what I meant where, by that is like if you if you're what I'm thinking in boxing is like so. Well, that's the it, thing. In, I, I forget in how wrestling card, in, car, how card in wrestling works. Yeah, in the wrestling card, the card is different um, because the first match is either the lamest or it's like setting up the new story. Like mm-hmm. this is the new feud. This is new stuff. And right. then the mid card, the mid card is where like that's where it's like, oh, these are the wrestlers who aren't good enough to be the heavyweight champ. That's that's um, fair. I'm again. Then, I, I think more about the headline. The headliners are like the bottom of the card. Yeah, I think um, about more like when I um when I used to like go with my dad to boxing matches, and we get right. there, and it's like the first people on the fucking card are just some nobodies who are like you know here to fucking cut their teeth doing just four round fights where nothing happens it it all goes to technical and then you're kind of just like all right i guess i just watch something the only thing that yeah. you're doing is you're just waiting for like a cute ring girl to like walk around in a bikini right um yeah uh but so um at this stage in wrestling history this is when wwe is like making its big push to like conquer tv mm-hmm. and so it's the biggest stage wrestling has ever seen. Um, and this is like the early nineties where, um, he gets taken off of TV. Yeah. And he's like, um, actually I, I want to go back and, and, and point something out that that's really thematically good, mm-hmm. uh, which is, in that WWE fight that he's in, he gets knocked down and gets up very quickly. Yeah. Which is incredible. Like, which is a thematic thing that goes back both to, um, both, both to Kevin and his like first big fight where he doesn't get up quickly enough. He, uh, the Harley race suplexes him on out, you know, outside the ring and on just raw concrete. He gets the wind fucking knocked out of him, and like one of his ribs is like probably bruised or broken, and um, then he gets back into the ring after a nine count. Uh, if you get you get counted out and disqualified at ten, and then Harley Race kicks him in the fucking ribs, um, and yeah, so yeah, Carrie gets knocked out of the ring pretty hard. He gets up immediately, which is both a test of oh, how well Kevin can he sell? Get up. How how well can he Kevin, sell? It? Kevin can't get up. Well, it's it's <clears throat> Kevin couldn't get it up. Yeah, Carrie, you know. But that also the moment where Carrie was struggling to get up, only having one leg to, yes. to stand on, and this is just and and that like, but that's a really good small subtle thing that I was like, I had thought about yeah. while we were talking about this of like how dedicated Carrie was to being able to do this whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so in real life, here's a fun thing that happened. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing Carrie really had going for him was that he was a Von Eric. Mm-hmm. 
And then Vince took his name. Jesus fucking Christ. Vince the fucking the last The last year that Kerry wrestled, he wrestled as the Texas Tornado. Um, that would destroy... That, that, like, I yeah. could see that destroying a man. So, in real life... So, so in the documentary, they talk about uh, how Kerry... Uh, and this is... The reason why I brought up Chris to begin with is because Kerry constantly talked about how... Isn't it, like, so... How much balls Chris had to end his own life? Like, he talked like that. That's mm-hmm. how he talked about it. Um, and he was, like, clearly... Like he, the drugs were getting worse, and um, when they took him off the house, when they put him on house shows, like he was like in in it bad. Uh, and this part of the movie is where a lot of things get changed. Um, in the movie, Carrie calls Kevin and is like, "Hey, you know, they're putting me on house shows," and Kevin's like, "Look." Go to the ranch. Go talk to dad. I'll be there as soon as I can. We'll figure this out. Everything's going to be okay. He then calls Fritz and says, listen, Carrie is coming home. Keep an eye out on him. Keep him there. Mm-hmm. I'm going to, you know, I, I, I'm going to be there as soon as I can to talk to him and help him out. And Fritz just kind of goes, you boys need to work this out on your own. Kevin gets to the house. Carrie's car, the door is wide open. The door to the front house is wide open. And as he, uh, you know, Kevin walks into the house for a second, steps out onto the front lawn. And you hear a gunshot. And also, I gotta say, the sound design on that is one of the most chilling moments in this entire, yeah. like, the entire movie. Because, like, I think sometimes people make gunshots sound too, too loud, too explosive. Right. It or, sounded so far away. It yeah. sounded like it was on the other side of the world. And again, that moment, that like thing of like, like we, death is so far away. Death is like so removed. The moment of death is doesn't exist. The moment doesn't exist. It's the before and after that's important. And Kevin picks up, like, like grabs Carrie. Fritz runs over because he was outside working. And you see Kevin tackle him to the ground and choke him out. And said, I told you to look out for him. Um... And then he picks up Carrie, brings him into the kitchen, or brings him into the dining room. Um, Carrie had shot himself through the center of the chest. And there's this scene where you see the afterlife. Yeah. Where Carrie is on the ranch, and he's got both his, both his feet. And he gets into a boat, and he sees David's got the belt. And Mike's got his guitar and he's playing music again because he couldn't mm-hmm. do that after yeah. the after the coma. Mm-hmm. And he. They all hug and then he meets Jack Jr. for the first time because Jack died before 
really any of them yeah. <laughs> were alive. And the only one that was alive was Carrie. Yeah, it cuts back to Carrie. I mean, it cuts back to Kevin, and he he's like, "I love you." And then from there, the movie concludes. We get some closure on some things. Kevin sells the sportatorium and sells WCCW. Um, and then because we're we're little comedy goblins, we're like. Uh, you know, I'm like Vince McMahon lights a cigar. Uh, <laughs> Kevin, I've got a <laughs> yeah. Like it's the it's the post credit scene. Um, yeah. and then there's this um like beautiful moment at the end of the movie. It's this there. Um, Kevin has his own ranch now, and his sons are playing in the backyard, like throwing a football around, and he's just crying. He's crying. And his kids walk up to him, and this is a quote from Carrie, actually, um, not from Kevin. This is yeah. they, they, but they, but I think it works better for for the story. Mm-hmm. Kevin says, "I'm crying because I used to have four brothers, but now I'm not a brother anymore." And. In this moment, everything melts away. The toxic masculinity. Like, he's like, I'm sorry, boys, mm-hmm. you shouldn't see me like this. Men don't cry. And his kids are like, you can cry. I cry all the time. You can do that. And he's It's like, incredibly sweet. Yeah, it's like this beautiful moment. And then he, you know, he gets up, he starts playing football, and the camera pans away. There's also a, a short scene with Fritz and Doris. Uh, we haven't really talked much about them outside of, like, Fritz being just kind of this oppressive nature. Mm-hmm. Doris has this interesting small uh, character arc through the movie where she... You, know, you see this mother who has just watched kid after kid die. And the end of the movie, there's a, a scene with Mike where she's like, I painted that painting. It was my childhood home. And Mike's like, why didn't you tell anyone? And she was just like... Nobody ever asked. And then she also, earlier, she talks about how, you know, Mike, you're into music. Well, when I met Fritz, he was into music. He had a scholarship mm-hmm. for music. And then he went to play football instead. And at the end of the movie, it's Fritz. He's been working outside. He comes in and he says, what are you doing? She says, painting. And we don't see her. Mm-hmm. And he says, well, what's for dinner? And she says, I didn't make anything. I'm not hungry. And then he has this moment where you see him, like, want to get mad. But he doesn't. And he just he just walks, sits down at the kitchen table and watches her. And then the camera pans and we finally see her, like, so attentive mm-hmm. to this painting. Well, it's also just, like, the way it's framed. It's Because, like, the house that they were in was just yeah. always big and full of life and full yeah, of these and... big muscle dudes not wearing pants. Yeah. Like, like, early on in the movie, the house is bright and warm colors. And then as the movie goes on, the house itself becomes darker and darker and darker and colder and grayer and more blue. And then the end of the movie, the last scene in the house is them like, they're in basically 
almost complete darkness. Which is interesting because it's also how the movie starts. The movie starts in black and white. Black and white. And yeah, um, probably my favorite scene in the movie is during... um, um, during Mike's Mike's it's Mike's funeral. Yeah, she is standing there at uh, you know at the foot of her bed, and the dra- the funeral dress is on the bed, and it's the same dress she wore to the last two funerals. So it's Carrie's. It to has the last, no, no, it, it's the last because no, 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 it was Mike's. It was, it was Mike's because Mike. it was right, right, the right, last right, funeral to yeah. the last funeral because yeah. they don't show Carrie's funeral. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. Uh, and she's it was like, to the pe- last people funeral. Know. And she, people will and she's know. like, I have to get a new dress. People will know. And Pam, Kevin's wife, and this is the scene I was talking about earlier where Lily James mm-hmm. like puts on a fucking incredible performance, where she's like, I can't, I can't wear it. I can't put it on. It. People will know. It's the same one. And Lil and Pam just looks at her and goes, people out here love you and I love you. They don't care. Put it on because it's time to go. And it's this really tender, like, I'm doing a bad job. Of, oh, no, of, well, like, the other thing is, like, it is such a, it is such a nat, like, honestly, it is one of natural, the most natural performances. Because, like, a lot, like, like especially it's like, because. It, it sticks out so much because that scene is, like, fucking it feels like it wasn't scripted it feels like they were just like you're gonna stare at that dress and she's gonna come in and you're gonna have a conversation go and that was the conversation that came out well because you know a a lot of times in movies you have you have lines and you do your best with the lines but and and i think this is also again if there's anything that we have to complain about this movie it's zach efron's incredibly stiff face making a lot of the emotion around him feel stiff like like this is one of those things where it's like but it but it also kind of works because it's that rigid masculinity it Um, does it it does but but i think it is a really good moment of contrast in watching two people have like very like visceral feelings yeah because because Um, like there's a lot of because there's a lot uh, the other reason why this is is like there is a lot of focus on these people's faces there's a lot of focus yes. on on the energy and the expression of the face and the eyes throughout this entire movie um, there's a scene there's a scene where Kevin Carrie and David are overlaid over each other mm-hmm. um as they're going through their different internal struggles with like wanting to be loved by dad mm-hmm and then that's the scene where Fritz comes in and David is told that he gets his title shot. And it's just this scene where, like, literally their faces are overlaid and, like, blurred slightly. Mm-hmm. And they, like, all – it's all shot at the exact same angle. And so their faces, like, kind of overlap. And it's um, also, like, right as they're, like, coming down from the high of being in the match and also – Winning the, their, winning the winning the six man tag team d- doing their doing their steroids, yeah, um, yeah. Um, so a a story they don't talk about in the movie that I think is like it's pretty tragic. Um, another content warning here. This one's fucked up. Yeah. Um, 
after all of this is said and done, um, the last couple years of his life, Fritz von Erich had brain cancer. And he was pretty incoherent a lot and was pretty, like, not doing well. Mm -hmm. Kevin tells a story about going over there and, like, at this point, everyone's dead. All his brothers are dead. And he just goes over there and Fritz points a gun at him. It's the same gun. Jesus Christ. And he says, are you brave enough to die? And the way Kevin talks about it, he's like, I'm, I wasn't about to let brain cancer decide whether or not I live or die. And so Mm -hmm. I just left. And yeah, it's crazy. Like they, the, the, that is a story they didn't put in the, and they couldn't, like, there's no way they wouldn't be able to put that in. Um, but like every single story out of that house is like a fucking tragedy. It's 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 a tragedy. Like and you know this is uh, oh, oh oh also I should say the way Jack Junior dies is a fucking tragedy. I don't know if you so uh, before they got the ranch they lived out of a trailer so that they could travel from town to town uh, to make the you know make traveling for wrestling easier. Fucking this kid. Jack Jr., he's like five years old. He's walking through one of the trailer parks they were staying at. And he fucking, like, it's snowing outside or it's raining or something. He touches the bumper of one of the trailers or something. Gets electrocuted. Falls face first into a puddle and drowns. Like fucking like again this family is cursed this family is fucking cursed it's awful um kevin i don't think they're cursed anymore um (laughs) okay but but like but but in this story in in this like narrative that is constructed for this film how could one not feel that this family is cursed right 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 um also because there's a little bit of ghosty stuff going on sometimes yeah, there's ghost stuff. Oh, when Carrie wins the belt, there's a moment where Dot is sitting on in the living room by herself, staring at the TV, and behind her you see you see David. And then when, when she turns around, when he's gone. He she turns around, he's gone. She turns back to the TV, and when she does, Carrie wins the belt. It's like an incredible, this whole movie is incredible. Um, And speaking just as a, like, as a lifelong wrestling fan and a fan of like, I mean, as a lifelong wrestling fan and a lifelong fan of like wrestling history, these, this story is like kind of beautiful. Mm They, they, told they made a movie like like they made a movie about about this horrible tragedy and did it with as much respect as they possibly could and i genuinely think i genuinely think they did a like a great job with it no it's a it's a uh whew. 
It is a powerful, yeah. powerful movie. Um, and one that yeah. like, like, like we said at the beginning of this, like we went for, for like for chicken afterwards and we're just like, God, yeah, we just sat down and we're just like, what the fuck? <laughs> I mean, it, it's a movie that hits you like a fucking freight train. Yeah. Because it's like. It, Mo- like, mostly because like there are mo- like because if you don't know what this movie is about, the first half of it is like guys being dudes, dudes being bros, guys being dudes, dudes being guys. Yeah, and and that was the thing is like you kept leaning over me yeah. and being like guys being dudes, and I'm like, dude, you have no fucking clue what's about to happen. <laughs> but there is a no lot fucking... of guys being dudes in that first. There is half a of the lot movie. of guys being dudes. I'm not gonna say there isn't, <laughs> but um, it's very funny. Like just watching. Uh, watching <laughs> watching this movie with you and you being like, uh, yeah, <laughs> like, like, cool. well, cause, like these I, dudes, I, these these boys are these muscle boys are very good, <laughs> and then <laughs> and then you like and then like fast forward twenty minutes and we're both sitting there like, oh Christ, oh, oh God. God, oh Jesus, no. <laughs> I mean, here's the thing. I I turned my brain off. I was like, well, I'm just not gonna think about the fact that this is a wrestling movie because nothing. Anna, there is no good get-out-of-jail-free story in wrestling. Oh, no. Um, other than, like, Santino Morello, like, there's not a single story in wrestling that isn't, like, steeped in tragedy. Yeah. Um, like, uh, wrestling is one of those, those like, things where it's just, like, uh, every moment of wrestling is paved with like blood and pain in a way that most people don't understand. I think. Yeah. Until you get to the apex of, of wrestling weirdos where they all know it. And then they're kind of like, yeah, but that's just like, that's just the thing. Right. Yeah. Like this is like, I, I think that's actually what makes wrestling maybe the most compelling combat sport is that because of like the way that it's scripted, like the way that the way that, and when I say scripted, I mean like there are plans for people, there are ideas, there is yeah. there is the concept of heat and promotion in a way that like other other combat sports have, but not in the way that wrestling does. So that there is like this competing series of like the storyline in the ring, the storyline outside of the ring how those two things meet and how like the pain of those two things informs the characterization and like actions of wrestlers um, is just so nuanced and, and interesting. And also like we, we didn't even talk about it the way that kayfabe is addressed in this movie. So the way kayfabe is addressed in this movie is really interesting because they don't, mm-hmm. they, they show promos. They show Harley Race and Ric Flair delivering promos about their championship title. And they show they show Kevin shooting a promo uh, and like how he's like how he struggles with it because he can't really talk. And um, they. The the kayfabe. The, I mean, they also show like. Bruiser Brody and uh, Gino um, Hernandez uh, are like talking to Kevin and David 
and they're like, listen, all right, here's what's going to happen. Here, You're going to do the claw mm-hmm. on Gino, and uh, just don't fuck up my hair. It's going to be fine. Uh, we're going to do slam to the outside, do this, blah, 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 blah. And, um, like, you see, they even, like, one of the first conversations that Kevin has with Pam is, it's all fake, right? And he's like, no. And she's like, okay, prescripted. And he's like, listen, does it matter? And I think that's the best fucking answer anyone could get. I mean, his other which answer, is, which is, that, does like, it fucking matter? Because the importance of the belt isn't so much about like the pure physical prowess of a wrestler as it yeah. is like how that wrestler makes other people feel and how important it's, that is to wrestling. The belt is real. In kayfabe, it is real in that when you get the belt, you are the champion, you're the best. In real life the belt is real because it means that you have enough draw that you can be the face of the company yeah and i think that's really I, I think that's a really good way of expressing what is and isn't real about wrestling yeah um, and I, I i think and like i i have to admit like for a long time when i was like i i wasn't into wrestling as like a kid or a teenager, which is insane because I was a kid slash teen early teen at the highest point of wrestling in American culture. Yeah. Um, and part of it was that I was like, I like, like I I didn't understand what was and was not fake about wrestling, and I think if I understood that better, I probably would have been a fan of wrestling because wrestling is basically like real life anime in some ways. Wrestling, pro wrestling, the reason I love pro wrestling is because it is the last great Shakespearean play. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the last, like, these people are going out there and performing, like, the craziest storylines, the, like, most nonsensical bullshit, but they're doing it for, um, they're, but they're doing it, like, s- just specifically for entertainment they're not doing like that they're doing it for, i mean you know better than <clears throat> themselves but like it's specifically for um for you know the the like the love of it mm-hmm. um mostly because and- no one puts themselves through the amount of pain that wrestling causes without loving it yeah yeah um, <sighs> hey, Anna, um, I asked you a question last night. Yeah. Okay. And I, th- I, think I want it's to talk about question. this. And then yeah. I, I have a thing that I want to put forth that yeah. I've known this whole time mm-hmm. that, um, is going to change your view on this movie, uh, that I, and that I'm going to like love a lot. Sure. How much it's going to change your view of this movie. Okay. Um, please ask your question. Cause you did ask me this when we saw it. I think it's and I, I think it's a, a good question um, because we we think about these things sometimes. Every, not once in a generation, but once in every like ten to fifteen years, uh, there is a wrestler who exceeds the orbit of wrestling. Mm-hmm. Well, like uh, to 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 sort of like put this in context, Hulk Hogan did it. Um, the Rock did the it. The Rock did it. Cena obviously did it but like is there like 
What, what, when's the next one? Uh, is my joke question to you, who knows way more about yeah. wrestling than I do. So, you asked me this question last night, and I went on like a big diatribe about it mm-hmm. because for for Hogan, wrestling was so big, and Hogan was so much of a like. Hogan tried to put himself in front of as many cameras as possible constantly and mm-hmm. was very good at lying about himself. And so he became famous purely based off of his like love of like quote unquote the game. Mm-hmm. And that's he got movie deals, but he was more famous as a wrestler than yeah. he would ever have been as a movie star. The Rock is the opposite of that, where he. He hit it big in wrestling, was the world's biggest wrestler, and wrestling was really big, but he did everything else. He got the movie deals, and then through his movie deals, started hanging out with other famous people, and then, you know, made deals of, like, he did Donnie deals. He, like, yeah. did, like tequila I... brands, and he got his own lifestyle fitness workout brand, and now he is one of the most famous people in the world, and he's incredibly wealthy because uh, he he just happened to be like happened to like network and like and like do all the shit that like people do when they become famous. Right. Like uh, the the joke I made was he's a big time hustler, money getter, not necessarily yeah. a wrestler. He he used he wrestling is, to hustle. He is he. The, here's the thing, because. He is not an. When we talk about celebrities, a lot of times we talk about we talk about them in terms of like actors. Mm-hmm. I should say specifically, you and I, when we talk about yes. celebrities, we mean actors. But The Rock is not a celebrity in that way. He is a celebrity as a celebrity. He is just famous for being famous. He's a like. I mean, at a certain point, you're just kind of like, oh, he's just a force of nature. Like people don't people do not look at The Rock and see Rocky Maivia, the pro wrestler who like had a 10 year feud with Stone Cold Steve Austin like no no people see him mm-hmm. as the HBO uh signature series Ballers the rock they see him as the guy from Moana they see him as the the guy who hangs out with Kevin Hart they see, they him, see as- him as uh the only good cop in the Fast and Furious movies they see him as that guy from Fortnite. They see him as the guy who ate all those pancakes funny in that one Instagram picture. That's they see the they rock. see him as uh, a man wearing uh, the yeah. most ill-fitting turtleneck and chain fade on an Xbox um, uh, E3 presentation. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Cena got famous because... After the Attitude Era and after the Ruthless Aggression Era, it became the PG Era. And Cena was the face of the company throughout the entirety of the PG Era. And he was Superman. He was Superman for wrestling. He was Mm. wrestling's Clark Kent. Everyone, you know, kids loved him. Adults were kind of sick of him. But it got to a point where, like, the adults kind of came around because they were like, okay, he's clearly he's not egotistical like he like the company keeps pushing him but he's like one of the hum the most humble guys in the world he does he you know he has fulfilled the most make-a-wish 
wishes out of any celebrity in the world. Um, and there's and also just like when, an when people when like... people talk to when people talk to him about that, mm-hmm. he is not. He says, "I didn't even know until someone pointed it out to me." I'm not trying to get a world record of that. I just do it every time someone asks. He just has an aura of sincerity. I think he, is the he's thing. such a sincere. Yeah, that's what it is. He's like such a sincere guy. And then they found out that like, wait, wrestling's kind of acting, and he can act. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so this, he's incredibly marketable, and he can act. So fuck it, put him in some movies. And then they did. And then finally, he got a DC movie with the Suicide Squad, and like that kind of changed things for him i think he went from being like john cena the pro wrestler to john cena the actor Mm -hmm. and now i think that is where he is um and the question is will what what when will there be the next one and the real the real answer is i don't fucking know Mm -hmm. because what probably by the, the next time that wrestling is Maybe the next time wrestling is as big as it was. Because genuinely, recently wrestling has been getting pretty big. Um, But we've also seen the inverse of wrestler becoming a celebrity with celebrities becoming wrestlers. Um, Mm. You see Ronda Rousey. You see Bad Bunny. You see Jake. You see Logan fucking Paul. You see, like, like, these people are, like, putting on shows. Like, they're, they're... doing pro wrestling um and the problem is that we have a lot of people now who are pro wrestlers who are not like they're not celebrities they're pro wrestlers and i'm not saying that as like a disparaging thing Mm -hmm. these are people who live they they eat breathe and shit professional wrestling Mm-hmm. These are people who all they ever all they've ever known and all they ever will know is this shit. And then some of them do get, you know, move, I mean Roman Reigns was in a Fast and Furious movie for like a minute and uh CM Punk was on Sons of Anarchy and Oh, you know, who wasn't on Sons of Anarchy? I think you were an episode of Sons of Anarchy at one point. I was on an episode of Sons of Anarchy. You um, were part of that Irish mafia ri- ripping off those uh I was eating ribs in the background of one of the bar <laughs> scenes. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> they um but yeah, um you know I don't know, but I think what it is wh- whoever it's going to be it is going to be someone Every time they try to force it, it fails. Sure. Yeah, no, that makes sense. I think, here's the thing. I think Roman Reigns has a good chance of being the next big guy, like, mm-hmm. to break out. The problem is he's not that good. Um, and he's a little <laughs> bit older. He's a little bit older than Cena was when Cena kind of made it big. Mm-hmm. Um, And so, you know, clock's kind of ticking, like, is he just going to be a wrestler for the rest of his life, or is he going to bust out and try to do more stuff? Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I There are a lot of people today that if I saw them, like, in a fucking movie, I'd be like, yeah, dude, you're going to be, like, in a, in movies forever. Um, but I don't know. I know Edge 
did a movie. He did Money Plane. <laughs> okay, look, but we, we, we can't talk. We, look, we but, cannot talk about Money Plane because if we talk about Money Plane, yeah. we're gonna be here all day. Okay, all right. Well, uh, uh, to answer your question, I yeah. don't fucking know, and no one can know. No, I know that no um, one can know. I just thought it was like a. I think it's just a very. It is an interesting thought. It is an interesting thought experiment because it forces you to like recognize like why these people got famous. Why and again, did Hulk I, it Hogan just, it get feels famous? Like this why did the Rocket famous? Yeah, generational thing. That like the next. Like, we look at the generation of wrestlers we have right now, Mm -hmm. and I see some people, like, I mean, dudes like MJF, he was an executive producer on the movie. Mm -hmm. He's in the movie. And the problem is, just like all these other people I've talked about, he eats, breathes, and shits wrestling. That dude is never out of character. He spends mm-hmm. all of his time as like the biggest heel in the world. He flips off kids. He like like at at meet and greets, he's flipping off kids. I mean, um, Anna, I also like spend he, uh all well, of my time. Not being like this. Heel not world. like this. No, like <laughs> like this this dude lives as his character. Yeah. Um and only recently has he let that mask ever so slightly slip. Mm-hmm. Um But uh, I think if I if I had to put money on anyone, it would be him, but I don't know because mm-hmm. I think he I don't think he'll he'll I don't think he has the like I don't think he has the like celebrity status to do it. That's now, fair. yeah. I want to talk about something. Yeah, that's gonna make you think so differently about every part of this movie. Okay, and they cut it out of the movie they cut mm-hmm. it out of the story the vice documentary cuts it out because they mm-hmm. don't talk about it um the von erics and their obsession with israel um <sighs> okay. the wcc the wccw belt mm-hmm. was found in a uh was found in a tel aviv shopping mall um <laughs> because it was given to them by the Von Erichs. Wow. Kevin Von Erichs' final match was in was in 2017 in Tel Aviv. Um, he wrestled against the founder of um, IWPA, which is the Israeli wrestling. Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> He wrestled against the founder of the IWPA, Marty Janetti, <laughs> and uh, uh, and someone called Jumping Lee. Um, it was the largest wrestling event event in Israel since WWE went there in 1994. Um, well, if I remember correctly, he, um. Yeah. Uh, some quotes from Kevin. Mm-hmm. This wrestling business put me in a position to be a positive force to God's chosen people. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I have a I have a special relationship with them, as I have and will never, as I have and will never take money from them. Even when my huge deal with Coca Cola in 1985, I only took my expenses and never profited from the Holy Land. I have never told anyone that. <laughs> Okay, this actually, you know what? This makes sense. Uh, because because at, they're because they're giant fucking like 
like Protestant, like yeah, no, evangelical, because, evangelical, because they're like born again evangelical Christian people. Like, there's like one scene where they're they're they, they go to church, uh, in this movie. Um, yeah. and it, and it, I know it's very like, well, this is you know this is this is God God and guns and wrestling the most Texan things in the world, right? So of course, um, of course, they have like a connection to Israel because, uh, these people want to start the fucking end times. Another fucking quote. Former Prime Minister Shimon Peres told me in 1995 that the only dependable ceasefire was when wrestling was on. In April of 1985, I went alone out there for two weeks. I was shocked. <laughs> Kevin continued, I've seen big crowds before, but this was off the charts. All commercial trade was stopped my first day in all of Tel Aviv. They made me arrange, rearrange my itinerary so all other cities would be unannounced. <laughs> The military oh took over God. my security with jeeps in front and back. They called me their cultural icon of the eighties. Um, wow, just wow. Re- the WCCW Middle Eastern Championship. Mm-hmm. Mike won. Mike von Erich won the Middle East title. Mike loved them like I did too. Carrie <laughs> wasn't into history really, not as much as Mike and I were. Mike and I were very close. <laughs> Oh my god! So, oh um, god. I have been biting my tongue yeah, about uh-huh. this for months. Yeah, <laughs> because I knew you were going to want to watch this movie, yeah. and I was like, I can't have you go into this movie knowing that these fucking people are freaks obsessed with Israel. I mean, you know what? Uh... <sighs> Why wouldn't but they yeah. be? I mean, like, why but wouldn't yeah, they but be? Yeah. So, like... I love, so, so, in stark <laughs> contrast to everything that we have talked about here mm-hmm. today, fuck these dudes. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, look, look here's the thing. Uh, I think what they do is, like, what this movie does is create, like, a compelling, a compelling series of events, very moving, very, like, touching, um, but, of course... Of course, these people have bad politics because, like, I'm sure they're, you know, they're like I all wrestlers have bad politics because, like, I think behind the heart of almost every wrestler beats the heart of beating heart of a libertarian. Yeah. Um. Um, Because, like, the fucking the fun Eric's. I mean, of course, why wouldn't a dude who played, like, a Nazi stormtrooper with, like, an evil iron grip be obsessed with the Jewish people? Of course. Yeah. Um, So, fun thing. uh, Oh, excuse me. The Von Eriks are in WWE. Mm -hmm. Um, Ross and Marshall, who are his two sons, are... um, pro wrestlers and uh yeah they're crazy um oh another thing kevin and also his hot daughter i i just want to point out because i i I looked at that did oh yeah 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 yeah. um sorry um, uh you know no i know no no you're fine you're fine yeah no his daughter is okay here's the thing everybody in that family is like a weird hot master race smoke show well there's also i mean carrie's daughter uh Lacey, mm-hmm. she, um, she's, uh, she's, she used to be in 
she used to be in WWE, I think. Uh, so um, yeah, she was WWE and in TNA. Because I, I like the only reason I know yeah. is because I, I like scroll down through the Von Erich family like right, right, lineage, right, 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 right. and they just have a picture of her looking very attractive. Yeah, um, they. Yeah, it's weird because they also cut her out of the story. <laughs> well, I mean, the you 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 see. Well, the other thing is like like they they cut. Well, in, know, in the movie, looking, in like, the movie, uh, all of the all of those boys got married at some point. They just didn't want to have yeah. to have a like fucking marriage all of scene the, for all of them. The thing that yeah, in the movie, in the movie, Kevin's the only one who's married. In the uh, in in real life, they were all like married with kids before they passed. Like, I well, mean, because like, they were good, they were good Protestant boys, and they got married at like yeah. the age of like nineteen to some high school girl who batted her eyes, and like you know, right, right. Um. Anyway, and, and so they're all like corn, like they're all like corn fed, six foot four like pecs that you can like fucking balance uh you know steel girders off of or something like that yeah um so we've been recording for about two, two hours. hours yeah um i think we have enough um, yeah if you have not seen this movie because we gotta make it a real podcast tomorrow so i gotta edit like dear god dear god watch this fucking movie if you haven't it's really um i will say i'll I'll say this look out for my favorite scene in the entire movie um that i didn't really talk about which is zach efron running back and forth between the ropes right before his match with um oh that is yeah with uh rick flair it is a silent scene that is like the rick flair stuff is really good the rick flair stuff is really good the guy they got to play rick flair i okay here's the thing you 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 had you had a you had an emotional arc over 10 minutes with this because when they did his first um okay he does the woo weird Mm because the woo is woo that's the rick flair woo yeah they and they don't he doesn't do that he goes which is not how rick flair does the woo yeah um um and the way he talks is like very much not how rick flair like talked in wcw and wwf but then they do a they do a scene with him in the locker room after the match and the way he talks i'm like holy fuck this guy studied how rick flair talks Mm -hmm. because no one talks like that. The way he like kind of like slurs his words, like even though he's sober, and like the way he's like, "Damn, man, you uh, I'll I'll wrestle with you anytime, man." <laughs> <laughs> like that weird, like vaguely southern, but like also, uh, like somehow also New York. His like, <laughs> face like covered in blood. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's got the crimson mask. It's crazy. Um, it's... But yeah, please. Watch this movie, and then watch the Vice documentary if you haven't. Um, this is crazy, and you can really like you can see like how much they changed and and like what they went through to make this movie. Like it's like unbelievable. Um, yeah, I've been your uh, wrestling historian. I've talked so much during this. I know, I, I know. Well, yeah, look, I talk- I, well, here's well, the thing. I, and here's could, the thing. I, yeah. We couldn't do, like, I couldn't just, like, 
let you do this alone. Just like I couldn't like let you not go see this movie. Right. Um, Cause like, the, also, this is the thing like, is that like, uh, <laughs> I drove like a half hour each way just to pick you up. Just so we could right. see this movie. Right. Exactly. Um, um, because I love you and because you're a valued member of this podcasting oh. team. Stop. And so I oh couldn't let God. you, I, I, you know, I couldn't let you experience this alone. <laughs> just as like, I like I knew yeah. this was going to be good, um, but I also knew that we were going to want to talk about this, and I figured, ah, well, we might as well just turn it into content, yeah. right? Um, the, uh, <laughs> but I was going to say this is probably better. It's probably better that I talk to this because during mm-hmm. the uh, Stalin movie. Um, I literally, I literally, no joke, sat here staring at Twitter while you two were talking about like the historical importance of mm-hmm. <laughs> of, yeah. of like of like the the Stalin regime and all that shit. So probably, probably good that I got to do a movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Anyway, um, I guess this is our like end of year kind of. Special yeah, this will, episode. Th- look, th- th- this is just like, hey, uh, this is just a special episode uh, because we we just we love movies and we love talking about movies. Um, yeah. And if you really like this, hey, consider throwing us a couple bucks. We have a Patreon. Consider you know donating a couple bucks to Kofi. Uh, we you know look we and and let's be clear, you don't have to. You don't have to. But please, if you if, like this, yeah. If you like your, this and you want to your, support us for being silly weirdos who like talking about your, movies, your support, whether that is whether that is money or just like listening, telling people like whatever, yeah, you are valued and you are important, and we thank you. Yeah, um, and you know we we do this stuff because we love it, and we do this stuff because we love you. Hell yeah. All right. All right. Remember, it could always be woo. It could always, it could always be woo. <laughs> Let's rap, baby. The high flying, jet flying, limo riding. <laughs> I got a mile long with, with limo and twenty five women. I got a limo that's a mile long with twenty five women in the back, ready to give all their loving to me, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's clap. Let's clap.